Welcome to the Hiker Trash Podcast. This is a project of Local Exposure Magazine. My name is Ronnie Pettit, and I'm your host. The Hiker Trash Project began with my curiosity about why people through hike the Appalachian Trail, or any long trail. I wondered why they do it, what they gain from it, and how that experience might manifest itself in their life after the trail. I spent an entire year following, photographing, and interviewing through hikers on the Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine and all the way back to Georgia. I put all that, those interviews and photographs, into a 200-page coffee table book. And now we're going to continue the project as a podcast. So listen along as we track down some of the people we met along the way and interview new hikers and find out, did that experience change them or... Did it simply provide the context to reveal who they already are? You can find out more about Local Exposure Magazine on the internet at localexposuremagazine.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at local.exposure.magazine. The intro music for today's episode was provided by Scott Lowe. He's a Northeast Georgia-based singer-songwriter. You can find him on Instagram at Songs. Welcome back to the Hiker Trash Podcast. On today's episode, we have the owners of Hostel Around the Bend in Georgia. Say hello, guys. Hey. Hi. Do you guys have trail names or do you just use your regular government name? Uh, We just use our government name. Gordon. I'm Gordon. I'm Lisa. Lisa. Um, Tell me how you got started. Well, first, how long have you been doing this? We're going into our fourth year now of um, having the uh, hostel open, but we've uh, owned the property uh, for going on five years, and um, we bought the property for our house in 2020, uh, knowing it was a hostel that had closed down, and uh, renovated it for our house, and hikers kept on walking up looking for the old business, so uh, we kind of opened it for fun, and it kind of took off, so here we are. So it was... uh it like was it still in some trail guides and stuff or people when they had 2020 happen a lot of them that had uh walked away or had lost their jobs or employment they took their um they they might have planned a through hike before a lot of them that we had talked to they had old guidebooks from 2018 or older and they just started walking or other people had been in the area before and kind of came up locals didn't realize the place closed down so they drive hikers up um and then we met someone um snowboarding uh out in Colorado and steamboat uh in February like a month after we had bought the property and we told him we had bought an old hostel when he told us he was going to be through hiking uh in 20 um so we invited him uh to uh come stay with us so he was one of our first unofficial guests so uh, when you bought the house your intention was just to have a house and live in it? Correct. Yeah, we worked over in uh, Clayton. Um, so I, I was in management in the car uh, business, and then she was a pharmacist. 
Yeah, and we thought the property was just a really cool property. My dad lives in Hiawassee, so it was in between our work and my dad's place. So it's convenient location, and we just thought it was cool um, being so close to the trail. And the property itself is just beautiful. So we knew it was a hostel before we bought it, um, but we weren't sure. We had no intentions of ever starting our own hostel. So it just kind of evolved into where we are today that's funny so you move into your house and people just come and up and knock on the co- door yep like this is the kind of area where people just don't walk up and knock on people's doors <laughs> <laughs> no not at all especially because uh you know the closest house on um towards clayton's over seven miles away from here so um that was kind of interesting just having people walk up all the time gave a lot of rides to, to town for people during during the pandemic so so how, tell me about the th- thought process of like, okay, here we are, honey. We got our little house, but people keep knocking on the door. How did you go through the, the, the steps, I guess, to decide between the both of you? Like, I, I well, think it was the, the final decision was there was this hiker that walked up. His trail name was uh, Beast Mode, and uh, it was late at night. We were actually on the back porch drinking a couple beers, and someone knocked on the door, went around, and guy asked if we had a bed and um told him yeah he could take one in the in the guest house and we ended up hanging out with him drinking uh some beers and, and chatting uh about everything and nothing uh till like one o'clock in the morning finally he's like dude i gotta go to sleep i gotta like um go hike tomorrow and uh <laughs> so after that it was kind of fun hanging out with him and and um we we thought it might just be fun so we we only committed to doing it for like three months and it it uh our first year took off. It was, we had someone helping us with it. And then, um, a guy named bear and he helped us out. He did phenomenal the first year. And then, uh, Lisa got tired of her work. And so she just quit. And we, when we realized it was just gonna not stop, she left her job first in May of 21, our first, uh, few months into the season. And then, uh, I followed about a, almost a year behind or eight months later. So I quit. And you guys had like for real career jobs. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Do you have a background in hiking? Were you hikers at all? Yeah, we we both hiked. And then we also were both into whitewater. So we we lived over on the, off the Chattooga near South Carolina. And so um, we used to kayak and and raft uh, often out that way and just go hang out by the river, hike down, camp over that way. And uh, did part of the Bartram I did it in scouts when I was a kid, so um, we we were into hiking, but we did not realize the community that comes with the Appalachian Trail um, is is was not something that 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 was that was awesome being uh, welcomed into it, and then seeing what that community is all about. Mm-hmm. Have you guys either of you ever through hiked? Nope, not yet. Uh, we did our first long section hike this past summer up in Vermont. So um, we hiked up there and got off trail, come back here for a wedding anyways, but the weather was so bad, we decided we'll we'll save that for another year. It was raining and there was flooding going on. Um, they were advising people to get off the trail. So, um, But we made it through just about the whole state of Vermont on the AT. Um, so that's our longest trip so far. Um, I like to do the whole trail one day, so it's just a matter of finding the time and, and you know, logistics of working that out. It's hard when you own a hostel, the 
prime hiking season yeah. is when we're the busiest and we can't be out there hiking ourselves. So, and um, you have a long season here, don't you? More yeah, so um, it starts really picking up around mid-February and lasts um, pretty much through the end of May. And then June, it starts slowing down. Um, so we'll take some time off during the summer usually. And then the fall season, it'll open. We'll, we'll get busier again. So we'll open back up at full capacity. And um, September on October, November are pretty steady with uh, the Sobos and the fall section hikers. And the Sobos are coming through here like November, December? Yeah, um, they usually start really coming through around October um, and the flip-floppers too. Um, so yeah, October, November, December, I think there's still some out there on the trail now, but, um, most of them come through in October, November. Yeah. Th this, this year's the sub has been a little bit lighter than, uh, years past. And I think that's because of all the weather they had, uh, or a lot of people ended up flipping. Uh, so, uh, this, this sub season was a little, um, slower than, than years past. So from going from regular day jobs to hostel owners, did you have to learn a whole new language of, <laughs> of how to speak or, like, what all these terms are? Uh, some of them we knew, and some of them were just fun to learn, you know, uh, that they crack you up and you kind of um, hear all of them. But, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it didn't take long to learn all of them. So what, what kind of difficulties did you guys run into in the early days of starting this up? Or did you? Um, I it, it, I wouldn't necessarily say difficulties is more just like maybe some challenges or something. But the motto of the first year was we'll figure it out. So anytime something new is like, okay, we'll figure it out. I mean, and then you just, we also asked a lot of people, what what could we be doing better that stayed with us? What what are we, what are we lacking? And, and took the honest feedback on stuff. So, you know, and, and we took uh, that feedback and get, and a lot of hikers, they, they wanted, you know, resupply here because we didn't have that in the beginning. They, so that the hikers could uh, buy stuff and cook them here. And, um, like frozen pizzas. Yeah, and frozen burritos. pizzas, you know, stuff like that. And then eventually the Sobos are like, y'all need resupply. Okay, what kind of resupply do y'all want? And then start buying that stuff. And then anytime someone would ask us for something, we'd just start getting it, uh, which kind of, it morphed into like where we had a little snack cart to bookshelf to now we have like a little small outfitter on site. Just it, whatever people were kind of wanting, we just kind of kept on getting. Yeah, you have like a little store. Yeah, we can fully set up uh, someone to go on a hike if they want want it. They can come out. Uh, we we have uh, Z-Packs, Hyperlite, Six Moons Design, Etowah Gear, uh, Light AF, uh, Enlightened Equipment. Uh, Jacks are better. Uh, Topos, Lightheart, um, Appalachian Gear Company. Wow. Alpaca, the list goes on. You can check out our website; it has everything on. We're getting that set up now. Uh, last year was our first year with the Outfitter, and then we're also super excited about. Um, we're going to be offering a demo, so you're going to be the first one to hear about this. We're going to be doing a demo program. Uh, check our social media; we'll be uh, dropping information on that later this week. Um, but for the folks that have always been interested in trying out ultralight gear, uh -huh. but have always been a little nervous to commit, they yeah. can just pay a demo fee and rent the gear. We're going to set them up with a hyperlight pack, uh, unbound, uh, two P tent, uh, pad, quilt, 
uh, headlamp and trekking pole. So if you got a buddy also that wants to come out and um, they don't have the gear and don't want to go to REI to get everything, uh, to just go on one trip one, for one summer vacation, people can rent or, oh, yeah. or demo. That's the, great. The gear like, so somebody bit. that's through hiking or doing a or doing a hike, they can have a family member or a friend come meet them and join them and just totally. Yeah, that's a lot of people cool. do that. Yeah, there's a lot of people that come out. That's that's the one cool thing is seeing like the the some of the hikers whose friend or family member join them for just Georgia and just to do the Georgia section with them to uh, watch them go off on their journey. And, that's so cool. So at the end of the year, will you like sell that gear as used gear or something like that? Yeah, or? we haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. We're just getting the demo stuff. So uh, I'm imagining they're going to have a pretty long life cycle out of them because mm-hmm. uh, of. Uh, we're we're gonna be going with the black unbound uh, 55. So those that that black material, uh, Dyneema that they have on those packs is very sturdy, um, and are are made to take some miles on them. Yeah, I'm definitely in that category because I'm old school and everything I own is heavy. Yeah, everything. I have nothing. I have absolutely nothing that is lightweight. Yeah. The uh, what's your pack weigh? About six pounds. It's an Arcteryx 95. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember my first pack was a Jansport external frame, and it would just bruise the heck out of my hips. But our, our whole base weight is uh, is planned on being set up for about how much just your pack weighs on on what we're going to be doing, wow. excluding the trekking poles. I'll have to come be a customer then. Yeah, we'll set you up. You can do a review for us. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll social media. Yeah, <laughs> I'll become an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So, what's the gear? Or the outfitter part of things was that just a slow evolution? It it kind of did evolve from you know just carrying like candy bars and tuna packets to freeze dried meals to headlamps to trekking poles and socks and then then we decided you know let's get into gear and and um and then we went down the rabbit hole of gear and then we also kind of learned a lot about the backpacking industry and um you know how stuff is and and you know the the companies you really want to support are the cottage ones or the smaller ones that's that's the ones we have it's um you know they're not they're not a big conglomerate uh, right. they're they're individually owned so most of businesses. that most of that gear is not what you're going to find at a big retailer no you're not going to see it at a rei you might see some of the items we have but you're definitely not going to see the the selection of ultralight packs at rei that we have or even some other outfitters um it it just depends on what the outfitters want them to carry. Some of them carry the same stuff REI does. Some of them branch out and carry a little bit different stuff, and we want it to be different. So, how did you select the products? Like we a lot of feedback from hikers. So hikers that were coming through when um, we decided to upgrade our gear uh, one year uh, or our first year into it, uh, we were interviewing all these people, and we kind of took the feedback from the hikers on what gear we wanted and what at the time and, and got, but all of them have, um, that there's, they make a variety of shoes. They make a variety of packs because everyone's different on what they find comfortable. And, you know, that's, that's the nice thing of having all the different ultralight packs just that you can try them out on one place. The hikers enjoy it because they already got their gear here. So we just give them the bag to try out to pack and see how they like it, wear it around the hostel, wear it around town if you need to. You know, that way it's not a brass decision. Um, and it's, it's definitely been beneficial for folks here. 
And a lot of times the products that we carry, uh, you can only find online. So just having mm. them in person, you can pick them up, you can try them on, you can put your actual gear inside the pack and walk around with it. Oh, that's great. Um, so you don't have to worry about like, you know, ordering something online you've never actually seen in person before and, you know, stressing out. It's, you know, a lot, it's, it's an investment to get good quality gear. Um, but you can actually, you know, see it here in person and, and not have to worry about returning it, exchanging it, whatever, if it doesn't work out. So. Do some hikers come here and kind of do a shakedown and get rid of their old gear and buy new gear? And Yeah, yeah, we've helped a lot of people save um, a, a lot of weight. Um, we'll go through each item in their pack and see, you know, a lot of times people will carry you know, two headlamps or, or more, you know, just in case and, you know, just eliminating redundancy and um, seeing where we can, you know, swap out a heavy, you know, big piece of gear for something more lightweight and smaller that works just as good. Or even just melling food uh, ahead on trail because of uh, that's the hardest thing for hikers in the beginning. And, and it's everyone. It, even an experienced hiker, uh, we just had a guy that was here a couple nights ago. He's on his like seventh AT through hike. And even now at all those miles he has under his belt, he's still not hungry in the beginning of his hike, you know? So he still has more food than he needs. That's just, um, the, everyone comes out with too much food and then people send a resupply box. We get tons of resupply boxes. So then we'll, um, box it up, ship it ahead and, and help them out with that so they can pick it up further down the road, just keep weight off of them. Or if there's something they're on the fence about doing, sending home or not, sometimes we'll, people will just mail it up trail, see if they need it or not, and then they get up trail, send it home if they decide they didn't need it. Gotcha. Just looking around inside of here, it looks like you guys have this place dialed in. What kind of, uh, what kind of stuff or amenities or whatever you want to call it do you guys offer or have? Well, um, we just started doing breakfast this year. So um, our caretaker, Nimrod, um, he cooks up a nice, hot, delicious breakfast every morning for our guests. And that's included with their, with their stay. Oh, that's cool. Um, we have um, massage equipment. So we have some rollers and massage guns and foot massagers. Because um, a lot of times people are sore from hiking. Um, so that you know, helps them out. Uh, laundry uh, we have included with stay as well. So uh, we let hikers do their own laundry, but it's available um, 24-7 during their stay. We have a lot of instruments on our wall over here. I see that. It looks like a music store. Yeah, we're, uh, we keep on expanding it, and it's a lot of fun because of when you get 20 people here, it's, uh, if you can get 20 music, uh, people that can play instruments, then we about have an instrument for everyone on site. Do, so. uh, do you guys play? Uh, she'll play ukulele. Uh, but yeah, the instruments and then also, um, food on site is another amenity. Um, and then we have like an inversion table, uh, mailing service. So we help people mail. We charge the same as the post office for flat rate boxes. And then we will do like a resupply shuttle in town if people need to go in. Some people go in, some people just choose to hang out here. And, um, we just try to do everything all included on that. I see the free toilet paper being over there. Yeah, I might have yeah. to snag some on my way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, try to when the rolls start getting real low. It's it's rather than letting them run out and someone say, "Hey, they rolls out." We just take them off and 
and let people try to pull from there. Um, it's pretty cool. And then we also sell some in the store. I assume too. you have a hiker box. Oh yeah, yeah. We got a hiker box. The the um that and tons of board games, um, art supplies, paint supplies, easels, um, pretty much in TVs, whatever you need to kind of keep entertained. I mean, it seems like a really cool place to hang out. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's fun. You get to meet all sorts of people. And you guys live here in the hostel uh we we have a caretaker that stays on site we just live next door down the road we moved off about a year ago so you started um, out living here the hikers kind of took our home so was that an adjustment <laughs> like i mean i, I can imagine it, like here's our my comfort house level and- kept on getting pushed back is what happened and and then once it gets so far pushed back then the only where else to go is to leave i guess so uh, cause of we, we had our house and we had like a room that people could use. And then we ended up opening our house, um, to help accommodate overflow. Then we ended up sharing our bathroom and then we just had our room. Wow. And then after a while, it just kind of, cause we took a window out outside and put an exterior door on and then just deadbolted the door to our room. So people could use a, another bathroom when it got real busy cause the two weren't enough and three, uh, three were, um, but then, you know, a deal came up down the road and we decided it might be a good idea to, you know, stay, stay off site. Cause, uh, but we do miss it sometimes. And if we do come back on it, then I think we'll, we'll know our boundaries a little bit more and we'll probably just have one house be the hostel. Right. So. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. That would be a struggle to have just almost no privacy until you go to your room and go to your room and lock your door. Yeah, it, it like I said, the comfort level got pushed back, and then one, eventually it's just like uh, it. it, it, I, it it's nice to have our own space again. Yeah, I can imagine. But you still come up and hang out, and oh yeah, we we spend most of our time just down there as a place to store gear and um, and sleep. So that's about it. Other than that, we're always up here uh, when we're open. Did you also add a parking lot down the hill? Yeah, we built a parking lot. Um, Was that already part of your property? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The property went down the hill. Uh, there was a forest service gate on the front of the property. Uh, we, we contacted the forest service. They allowed us to move the gate towards the back of the property. And then we, um, we cleaned it up. It used to be like that apparently years ago cause they had dumped millings and stuff, but there was a bunch of poplar trees that we took down. Um, and then just, uh, part of that's a forest service road and part of it's just parking. Uh, that way we could have more parking available for when people come up which ends up getting pretty full and then down on our property too we'll end up start filling up on that as well with parking section hikers yeah section hikers mainly that are concerned about leaving their cars at the gap they they used to have a problem i haven't heard of any problems lately but you never know of uh catalytic converters getting stolen in the parking lots at the gaps so people would a lot of people will pay us five dollars a day to store their car gotcha um especially if they're going to be leaving their car for a week or two. And the gap nearby is Dick's Creek Gap? Yeah, but it's not just Dick's that it happens at. It's all of them. So some people will just come and park their car here and then get shuttled down uh, so they don't have to get shuttled back to their car so they can just walk back to their car. Um, but a lot of other hostels will also offer long-term parking because that problem is not exclusive to Georgia. It's a problem nationwide. Yeah. Uh, so like even standing bear, uh, I heard they offer long-term parking and then several of the other ones up trail will too. Yeah. I'm sure hikers are definitely looking for that. How, how much of the business is actually doing shuttles? 
uh, we're, we're out of, uh, the shuttle business this year. Um, the, uh, we're gonna, so we refer all our shuttles paid for shuttles, uh, to, um, if you're wanting to go to like Atlanta or somewhere, but we do offer the shuttles for the guests for free to town to resupply or pick them up from Unicoi gap, Ditch Creek or blue Ridge. But, um, but yeah, we're not, not doing much of the shuttles anymore. So basically just for your guests drop off yeah and, just for guests and for section hikers or yeah uh, yeah if someone's staying with us because a lot of people will stay with us so that they can get dropped off at unicoi the next morning so they'll come in late um this happens all the time someone will come in you know nine ten o'clock at night get a private room spend the night um leave their car and then they'll hop on our shuttle to unicoi and then uh hike back to dicks creek or blue ridge and get picked up back to their car uh just to knock out that section of Georgia, 22 miles. And we also offer um, what's called slack packing. So um, people that are staying with us, um, they can leave their gear behind and then just take whatever they need for a day hike. So we'll drop them off at Unicoi um, the following morning, and then they'll hike to Dick's Creek where we'll pick them up, and then they'll come back and and stay with us again. So we offer that uh, included with stay for a multiple night stay. Is like the hostel owner community, is that like a, or is everybody friends and in contact and that kind of thing? Is that a community of its own? Yeah, a lot of the ones that want to be in uh, contact with each other definitely reach out to each other. So, like, we know all the, the ones um, in in Georgia and then the ones in North Carolina, we know most of them. And then even up trail, like Jim at Boots Off, he stops by every year when he goes down to the uh, ATKO and um, the kickoff party in uh, Amcola, and then he'll stop by. And uh, and then, you know, uh, Poet and Hippie Chick met them at Trail Days. Trail Days is a good place to go uh, meet others uh, at that are in Trail Days. Trail Days is awesome for that, for networking. But, yeah, I'd say. And you, um, go, you go to Trail Days on a regular basis? We, we've gone the last two years. We're planning on going again this year as well. So that's, that's why we don't have our May calendar opened up all the way if, if there's anyone. Um, but you can always check back because of. We'll figure it out, but we're planning on closing right before trail days so everyone can go up to trail days and enjoy. Do you go as a like a vendor or you go just as a vacation or fun? Uh to network. Uh so uh it, it's it's a good place to network with the with the vendors. Um and then also see the hikers that stayed with us before, see how stuff is going on and running into them. It's always fun to run into hikers up trail. Um even when we were on our hike in Vermont, it was it was really neat because there was a guy that didn't stay with us, but he um, bought a tarp at our outfit, or his tarp got damaged in the in in Georgia, and he bought a new one for us. And how's the tarp working out for you? You know, now that you're sixteen hundred miles in, and <laughs> he's like, you know, it's great, it's holding up phenomenal. So this is always nice to hear. That would have been bad if it didn't turn that way, but so, but yeah, it uh, it, it's nice to see people that you you had and especially because of um you know it's it's hiking the at it's it's uh a lot of through hikers will tell you it's a mental game Uh, you're a through hiker and uh so you see people that are struggling mentally down here sometimes and then you run into them at trail days and they're just chugging along no problem which is awesome to see that they're still still getting it that's cool so was there did you guys kind of experience a i guess a personal evolution from like your I guess you could say your careers before were somewhat corporate, you know, uh, 
getting into this business and this culture, did you have like some kind of personal, you know, evolution of embracing a completely different culture? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I, I don't think it's too far flung of a culture from even the whitewater community. It's uh, a lot of outdoor enthusiasts and being helpful to each other and, and uh, looking out for each other. And so that, that wasn't too hard to get into from a standpoint, from a recreational side, but from a, a workplace standpoint, um, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying my job now. So I'm mm. enjoying what I'm doing. You know, it's, uh, not that, you know, it, every job's got its ups and downs. I enjoyed what I had did. I enjoy doing this more. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy meeting the people, uh, hearing the stories and, um, it's, it's more of like having, um, it feels more like you have people that are just visiting and you got guests all the time mm. and you got new guests all the time. So it's, uh, people are, people come through, uh, you get, you get to, to meet them. Sometimes they're having a, a bad day. You get them a hot shower and a meal and then they feel great and they're having a great day. And then, um, or just hearing people's stories as they move on and you get to, um, meet people of all walks of life and they all have one kind of common goal and it's just to go, you know, walk in the, walk in the woods. No regerts, as yeah. they say. <laughs> yeah. How did you, uh, how did Nimrod end up here? Uh, Nimrod house sat for us in, um, or hostel sat this summer while we were hiking up in Vermont. Um, and then, um, he, we asked him if he'd work for the spring season. So we hung out and helped out this fall. And, uh, then when, uh, it was just kind of a good fit. So he was looking for a place to, to land. And, um, so he's helping us out this season looking forward to it, but yeah, just hostile sitting is how we found him. Do you post like if you need help or something on your website or is it just word? Usually people reach out to us. Um, I don't know that, we're we're gonna need uh help this season uh but you know if we do we could probably find it but uh we already have people in the pipeline so usually we plant the seed if, if it's guests that stay with us you know sometimes we'll plant seed of you know next year if you're looking to not go back to the real world and want to work a season for a hostel or something like that let us know because that's how we had the uh last spring seasons uh uh employees um uh, Lennon and Grazer, they had stayed with us, uh, the following winter and, uh, had said, Hey, you know, if you want to work a hostel, let us know. And then come call us January. And we placed the seed with a lot of people. And we got some phone calls. They were the first ones to call and we're like, yeah, you know, married couple, perfect. They did phenomenally well. They helped us out this, uh, this prior season. And then they're going to go hike, uh, I think the CDT and, uh, this year. So, uh, I'm excited to watch them, uh, go up trail on, on that. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Well, because if they were available to work this spring, I would totally have them back, but they want to go hike a trail and I don't blame them. I mean, yeah. So it, it kind of allows, there's a lot of people that do that. They'll go work a hostel and then go hike another trail. Or, yeah. It's a good way yeah. to extend the lifestyle for a hiker. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're, you're not going to get rich doing it. But. Maybe I should look into it. <laughs> It gives you a place to stay a lot of the times and then gets you still because it's still, still part of the community. And I, I think it really, uh, and we have volunteers sometimes that come in and, and, and stay and uh, help out. We had another one learning curve this year um, and he just wanted to help out the hikers and go over through their packs and stuff and 
um, he just hung out. He, he wasn't an employee. He wasn't on staff. Uh, just hung out around and like a work for stay kind of deal. Or he, yeah, he wasn't even really doing work for stay. He was just yeah, kind of like that. But he was just volunteering to help with. Uh, yeah, he helped out a little bit, changing the bed sheets and stuff like that. He did do that, but he really helped out the hikers with like their packs and equipment. And do you offer a work downs. for stay if people need it uh, or if we need it? Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, if we need it, not if not if someone needs it. No, because uh. Uh, like during think, the busy, bubble. yeah, yeah. I mean, if we need it, because that's how we had one employee another year. Danny, uh, she had uh, hurt herself on the approach trail and uh, powered up the mountain nine miles, and then um, she gets up there. And uh, of all people to be up there, I think it was Miss Janet was driving by, and uh, she flagged her down and got a Miss Janet's a trail angel, yeah, um, and got a ride over to a, a cabin and then propped her foot up for a while. And then got back out, had to do the same thing at Above the Clouds and then Blood Mountain Cabins. And then we got her at Unicoi. And then uh, she ended up needing to stay for a little bit. And that was, uh, and it was good timing at the time. Uh, so she was kind of our first work for stay. And then she eventually went and got an MRI done on her ankle. And they're like, yeah, your ankle's uh, done. You're no more hiking this year because she had done partial tears and like three ligaments. Wow. So she was an unexpected employee that year, and we offered her as like it's not the trail experience that you want, but it's um, it's definitely a trail experience because we we have learned that it's uh, easier to run with three people because uh, we tried to do it that year with just us two, and it's uh, I I think uh, our size and our model it takes three people to really run it. How many people can you host? Uh, Twenty one. Twenty one. Do yeah. you offer like uh, tenting or whatever? Also? Um, not usually because we have a max limit with the health department of how many people we can have. Uh, we we have done tenting for people that come in a day early to the reservation and we can't move it. You know, we might let that person kind of hang out in tent because we also don't have much of a yard to allow a lot of tents. And then, or someone that needs an extra day that I don't have a spot for, but... So it's kind of a, it, it, it's, it's gotta be, um, you know, or like severe weather or something, you know, you don't want people out there getting hurt. So like pre yeah, you might, yeah, you might have people, but usually if they've already stayed with us or if they are staying with us in the future, then because otherwise we just get overwhelmed. It's, we can't, we, when we, we used to allow tinning and it just brought too many people, uh, for us to handle. Cause we only have so many seats on the van. We only have so many, you know, so many bathrooms we only have so many uh you know spots for people to to mm-hmm. eat at and i mean the gap's so close to some people camp up there yeah, and, then and come we're down fine and- yeah a lot of people that's what usually people do we've had people um we actually had some uh these three younger guys uh last year they decided to take a zero at the gap so they hiked just south of dicks creek in that giant camp spot because uh, there's tons of camping right there and then they just came in uh, in the morning, and they hung out all day until, uh, you know, we we're, were saying, hey, we're closing up. It's, you know, time to go. And then they went back. They just paid for a day pass just to visit, you know, uh, to to use the... What's that cost? Uh, $20, and it covers... We only have so many that we can do a, a day also for, for limits on how many people coming in. But um, we, and we'll do it before uh, the evening. Um 
So usually in the morning to uh, about four or five o'clock, four o'clock or so, we'll let people come in and do laundry, but we'll let people come in later and do showers. Uh, it's just laundry can keep people here for a couple hours. Uh, and we don't want to disturb everyone um, it, it, with, with stuff like that or getting you back on trail. We'll make sure you get you out there on a good time. But it's just $20 to do uh, laundry and shower and charge. Yeah. And then some people cool. just stop by and charge electronics. They buy a Coke mm. and, and they charge some electronics. They don't take a shower. Um, and then, you know, especially if they've just gotten in from town or if they just have equipment failure, pop in, grab something like we, uh, this time of year is when a lot of people will, will accidentally forget to sleep with their water filters. So we sell a lot of water filters in the colder months. So, Are most people still using like the Sawyer squeeze or? It's whatever? about. 50 50, it seems like, with Sawyer Squeeze and the uh, uh, Katadin Be Free. The, the, the Be Free is super lightweight, uh, good flow ratio, but I'd, I'd say it's still probably a majority of people who have Sawyers, but there's a lot of people with the Be Freeze also. I'm not familiar with that. Does it work the same way? Uh, yeah, it's it similar. Uh, it's, the Be Free's got a better flow rate, and it's good for, um, it will, it, it's good for pretty much a through hike. You know, the, the Sawyers are supposed to last a lot longer. Um, and but you don't have to you don't have to back flush them uh you can kind of clean them a little easier but i did hear someone say they hooked one up to a garden hose one time i haven't tried that yet to uh because eventually they do slow down all filters do depending on how much dirt you're going to get in it and settlement but um i like to be free because it's super lightweight so that's what actually we hike with and is it screw onto a like a smart water bottle? The same? Not a smart water bottle, but you can screw it onto a CNOC or you can buy their bag that comes with it. Uh, but my setup is a, a CNOC um, with with uh, the Be Free. So, and then the, have the, um, I actually like the CNOC water bottle uh, better because it's a thicker material than the, the Katadin comes with. That, not that that's bad, it's lightweight, but the, Xenox a little heavier. I'm a little rougher on stuff than Lisa is. Her stuff lasts longer. And then, uh, but the big Xenox bag too, that opens up on the back, that makes water catching so easy and because it's pretty much a built-in scoop. Mm-hmm. So you can attach that to a Sawyer or a, uh, a B-Free. But the, the one nice thing the Sawyer has is you can attach it to the smart water bottle. Have you guys ever had some guests that were like, I don't know, unpleasant that you kind of had to move along? <laughs> Not necessarily move along. Um, you know, there's it, it, there's always going to be someone that you might not necessarily absolutely enjoy being around, but I, the hikers have always been very respectful uh, staying with us. So, And you never know what people are going through, too. We try to, you know, not take things personal because, you know, everybody's on trail for a different reason, and you know everybody's got a story as to what brought them out on trail and a lot of times you know people are hurting they're hungry you know their their body is going through stuff that they've never experienced before so they come in and sometimes people aren't necessarily the nicest um you know when they first arrive but after they shower get something to eat get some sugar in them maybe take a nap and it's like they're different people after that so um the, the vast majority of people are just, you know, very generous. Um, generosity from people can be a little surprising and overwhelming at times. Like it was something I had no idea 
um, I, we would encounter as hostel owners. Um, but I'd say like, you know, we've, we've had thousands of guests come through since we opened in 2021 and maybe only a handful of them. Um, I'd say less than 10, you know, were kind of troublemakers, but vast majority of people are definitely just very respectful, very friendly people that, that we would love to welcome, you know, anytime. What are your future plans or hopes or thoughts? I mean, you can't really expand on this or can you? Um, you know, we, we did just get a, we, we have other, um, properties that help us out. So we do have an Airbnb, um, that's just down the road too, that we also rent out through the hostel. So if someone doesn't want to have, you know, a shared space, they want their own private space with their own kitchen, their own washer and dryer, their own bathroom. The, and some people rent that also. So that helps. The platinum blaze package. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, I don't, I don't really know my, my plans have, our plans right now have not really, uh, been figured out for past right now we're so focused in on the class of 2024 coming in so i haven't really that that's something to think about on uh, after trail days and summer break Mm. so (laughs) the only thing we got planned this year is future is like i said keep an eye out on our social media for our uh our demo program release so y'all can check that out and um and then just keep on keeping on so i would imagine by the end of the season you're pretty tired oh yeah yeah yeah. no that's that's uh that was one of the interesting things about going to trail days this year that kind of dawned on me is like uh you know we went and stopped by um shaw's um little barbecue and and saw them and and uh they were all excited about getting their season started like i am right now and we were all excited at trail days to be done with it so right you know because their season doesn't start till like june yeah yeah yeah, so we're on opposite ends of the trail, but like, so it's kind of it's good a reminder. But yeah, we'll we'll get pretty tired. You can get burned out. It's uh, it's seven days a week, you know, all day uh, until mid May. So like, uh, we try to uh, you got to take a break is what we've learned. Yeah, and the and the hostels up north basically just have a four month season. Yeah, you yeah. guys are like you've got the bubble in the spring, but then also like this area is just full of section hikers. Yeah. And also we're on, um, we're not just for the, the, the hikers. We have, uh, the TNGA, uh, oh, yeah. route through here, the Eastern, uh, divide route. The so, trans North Georgia bike race. Yeah. Well, yeah, there said so there's a TNGA route that, you know, goes from the 28 bridge to Alabama. And then also, um, you got the EDT, and there's also several routes from like Damascus down to here. It's uh, it, it, they bike pack. It's it's kind of cool. So they'll go along the uh, the route. So we had several people stop by this fall that we're doing. They started in Nova Scotia, and they're going to Key West on the EDT. Um, those are fun, and then the bicycle race is fun. So we open up for a day in that just for them in August. And then September and October, November is good months for leaf season. So, because uh, Georgia's still pretty mild in, in those months, it's a great time to hike. So, a lot of people will come out and do section hikes in Georgia. So, we, yeah, we have the section hiker and then the, the Sobo season too. So, we open back up for the Sobos coming through. 
um, as well. So are you closing down for short amounts of time to take a break and then open back up? Yeah, that's the goal. June, July, and August uh, is kind of the the times we'd like to shut down and then um, go from there. But uh, I'm sorry, there's a hiker walking up. You got distracted. But, um, yeah, and then also shut down during uh, the winter month, uh, December, just to go visit with family and stuff. So I noticed the boot tree out front. What's the story on that? There was some in the tree when we first bought the property. And then when we opened the outfitter and started doing shoes, uh, people that are done with their shoes or when they get new ones, they just toss them up there or they put them in the hiker box. And um, so it's kind of a it's an art installation. Nice. <laughs> Did you guys ever meet or hear of uh, Leaf Blower from 2022? He stayed with us. Okay. So he may have gotten shoes here because he told me he started with some, like, white New Balance or something, and he said his second pair of shoes he got out of a hiker tree or a boot tree. Oh, yeah, it might have been then. Yeah. And then when those wore out, he saw another pair just like the ones he was wearing in another boot tree and then asked the people if he could swap them, (laughs) and he did. Do you guys remember the name of the hostel or the former hostel name? Uh, it used to be Top of Georgia. Top of Georgia. People ask me that all the time. Listen, I just want to thank you guys for being on here. It's really interesting to hear the insider perspective of the hostel owners. So how do people find you guys? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at uh, Hostel Around the Bend and Outfitters or Facebook or our website at uh, hostelaroundthebend.com. Uh, and from there, you can get to our Outfitter website, our Hostel website, or you can donate towards a, towards a hiker's need on there as well. Oh, wait. Explain that. Uh, so we have a donate button. Uh, so like our first guest of the season, uh, someone had donated um, money towards our first Nobo that stayed with us. So the first guy that stayed with us had his uh, trip covered by, uh, by someone just donating towards it. So, um, you know... People donate all the time, so that way we can, uh, uh, and then we email the people with who got it and uh, with a thank you. That's super cool. Yeah. That is very cool. Wow. Well, listen, thanks for being on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. And we'll let you know when this thing's going to hit the airwaves. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us today on the Hiker Trash Podcast. If you'd like to support this project, you can go buy a coffee table book or a fine art print. You can do it at our website, localexposuremagazine.com. You can show some love to Scott Lowe. He provided the music for today's episode. You can find him on Instagram at Scott Lowe Songs. Hey, if you enjoy this, tell someone. Send them a text, make a post, talk about it, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you.